0: Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today, uh, my guest is Jason France, president and founder of Clipper Creek. Um, thank you, Jason, for joining me on the podcast. Hey. Great to be here, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. I am thrilled to talk to you, because uh, one of the great things about doing uh, this podcast is I get to talk to folks that have been there pretty much from the start, and uh, you easily fall into that category, so I'm thrilled about this. I guess maybe first starting out the early days of Clipper Creek, Reason reason for starting the organization? Right. Maybe so now, are you talking
1: about uh, Clipper Creek or were you asking about uh, my experience further back in time with uh, a company called Electric Vehicle Infrastructure?
0: You can go further. That's great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. In the 90s, I had a company called Electric Vehicle Infrastructure and it built itself up to be one of the leading or the leading charging station manufacturer for electric vehicles, uh, you know, over the course of all that stuff that happened during the 90s with, uh, you know, the Honda EV Plus and the EV1 from GM and Nissan Mini, Hyper Mini, and all those other kind of cars that were out there, the Ford Ranger EV. Right, right. Yeah. And the name of that company was EVI or Electric Vehicle Infrastructure. And boy, uh, I sold my first charging station in August of 1994. Okay, wow. <laughs> yep, and that was after I created it. So I think I sold that to Georgia Power. And uh, the way that got started was, uh, that, you know, not a lot of electric cars uh, at that time. Right. But uh, my engineering partner, uh, his name is Mark Rogers, and I, we had an opportunity to draw, uh, take a ride in one of those Impacts. The uh, the precursor to the uh, EV1.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: uh, we saw some, and then uh, we kind of had a relationship as engineers. uh, We were looking around for things to invent and trying different things and uh, trying to form a company and looking for things we were interested in doing. And we had a tie-in with the local utility here, the municipality called SMUD. And we were kind of doing little projects with them. And and, and through it was through SMUD, which I'm very thankful for, that we had an opportunity to see a few interesting electric vehicles over the years, over, over uh, several years that we were working with them. And anyway, but one day we got a chance to ride in the impact, that was that tour, the precursor to the EV1. And he and I, you know, cruised around town in it. And when we got out, we were like, this is what we want to do. Right. How do we get involved? How do we, how do we get involved with electric cars? Like exclusively. And uh, we ended up founding that company, Electric Vehicle Infrastructure. And we built it up over the years, produced many generations of charging stations, even as the standards helped to evolve the standards, really right yeah so you know that was kind of a that was a practice run i guess it wasn't intended to be a practice run of course (laughs) but uh history history tells us that it ended up being a practice run at charging stations now for the
0: impact was it that kind of paddle kind of uh end for the charger
1: it was that back then they were called inductive chargers okay and uh yeah gm hughes uh made that okay and it was uh it was a paddle and that's what they were using uh, to charge those vehicles. And Evi, uh, Clipp- Evi Clipper Creek made the other kind. There was kind of two kinds. It was the GM kind, and then the the Evi kind. Uh, okay. And we were very popular. We su- we supplied most of the major. Automotive manufacturers, and we also supplied utilities, you know, just like today. Utilities, municipalities, you know, cities, a few companies, individuals. Believe it or not, many thousands of charging stations. I think it was something like, I think it was something like 6,000 charging stations back in the day, not a lot compared to today, but uh, not a lot of cars back then.
0: Heavily weighted in California, I assume, or that area? Pretty much, yeah,
1: pretty weighted in California. Georgia was actually quite aggressive. Okay. Yeah, Southern companies. Got really aggressive towards the end um, uh, with that stuff. Anyway, then of course the industry took a bit of a hiatus there. Kind of hard to supply charging stations when <laughs> there are Absolute. I mean, I started when there was basically no cars, but when there's no cars, it's right. pretty tough. Right. But uh, you know, I tell you how I what happened with Clipper Creek is that well, if I hadn't had that an entire decade of going at it, uh, I wouldn't have. You know, I really developed a passion for it the excitement for it, the experience, you know, I, I really didn't, I I really worked my heart out back then. Right. And, um, I really wanted electric cars to win personally got to drive lots of electric cars. They were very successful for me. One of the cars, I did get to drive an EV one for quite a while. That was fabulous. Uh, one of the cars I drove the most actually was the Honda EV plus. Okay. uh, It was a great car for me. It was my commuter car and went over a hundred miles on a charge and boy, that was my only car for a long time. Um, I didn't even have a gas car. Right. So, you know, once you once you go electric, you, boy, most, almost nobody ever goes back. So, right, right. And even, uh, even if you wouldn't have any charging stations, you, you still love the cars and you don't want to have to drive a gas car. So,
0: no, that's right.
1: Um, that's yeah. Right. Well, how did, and, uh, how did so you? So, Clipper Creek, yeah. well, here's what happened. So, okay. you know, that was all, you know, that's all in my mind. I'm like, man, I wish I could get back into electric cars, of course. I tried some other things, I started other businesses, they were great. And, you know, trying to make the world a better place in other ways, but uh, nothing compared to trying to be a part of the electric vehicle market. And then, um, you know, uh, Tesla uh, announced publicly, I didn't know ahead of time, they publicly, and I saw when everyone else saw, which was they publicly announced they were going to make, or at least try to make, the Tesla Roadster. And I incorporated Clipper Creek the next day. Like literally... I'm like, I, if there's going to be an electric car, and even, you know, if there's going to be one, somebody's going to need a charging station, right. you know, and I don't know if, it, if it's five, it's just a hobby, and I do 10 a month, I do 100, I can turn it into a real business, no idea, but I'm going to try, and I'm going to try, I'm going to see where it can, where it can go, even if there's only ever one electric car, I don't care.
0: What did those early days look like? I mean, was it what do you think of as far as like in the garage or basement or uh, did you have a small space? What did that look like?
1: Oh, yeah. That would be in my house. Yep. Okay. Spare bedroom in my house. Uh, pretty much that's where all the action was. You just assembled it out of parts. Uh, so about the middle of 2008, Okay. I was negotiating uh, actually, so right away, I got an audience with Tesla. This There's a part of the story I forgot to tell you. So pretty much right away, I got a I got an audience. You know, when Tesla was a lot smaller, of course. Yes. An audience. I wrote him a letter. I couldn't get a hold of anybody because everybody in the world was trying to get a hold of them. I actually wrote him a letter, like old school, in the mail.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hey, you know, I had, hey, I'm the charging station guy. I'd love to meet you, blah, 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 this stuff. And, and believe it or not, that actually got me. Me, uh, a phone call from uh, jb strawbell wow. back in the day yeah i couldn't believe it i i felt so lucky and um i got an audience and i you know i went up there and i met with their engineering team and they were uh their charging station team they had a charging station team there working on charging stations you know yeah. uh, from scratch obviously and uh, i and they they even had samples of uh, my products from the 90s and i thought well this is encouraging you know right Right. Yeah. Don't start from zero. You know, this is made this stuff before you could at least start from there. And uh, anyway, so I tried to figure out how I could help these guys. Instead, what I ended up doing was I, uh, I came back and I said, you know, I am going to knock their socks off. And I just launched into a crash course of, you know, of all those years of experience. I put together a brand new charging station just for them.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And you know, I designed a new circuit card, wrote some new software, you know, a bunch of stuff. But I'd done it so many times, you know, I know how to do this stuff. Anyway, so I uh, built a charging station just for them, a prototype, and I put it in one of my. I had a copy of one of my old cases, and I put it in there because you know, plastic molds they take you know six eight months right. to tool, and I needed something in a couple of months. But circuit cards, you can get it done pretty fast if you know what you're doing. And anyway, so I've got something together. And they agreed to try it out. And I said, here's the deal, you know, try out our charging station. And if it works for you, then that's it. You no, know, no obligation, you can keep it. We just want to be able to supply stations to anybody who wants one, we'll, we're like the backup. Yeah. Right. And lo and behold, they hooked the thing up, it worked great. Uh, they couldn't believe it. And so they started, you know, talking to me and I said, well, we can sell you charging stations cheaper Clipper Creek, you know, it's barely even a company, but (laughs) cheaper, you got to act, you know, you got to act like bigger than you are sometimes, right? right? And and, uh, we'll sell you charging stations cheaper than you can make them. I swear.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So we began negotiating. And by the middle of 2008, uh, lo and behold, I had won their business. And because I had won their business, I also had the opportunity to supply the charging stations for the the Mini E, the 600 Mini E's that they made there back in 2009. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was quite a day. That was that was a good day. Uh, about the middle of 2008. And uh, because sudden, it was also scary because, of course, right then I'm like, oh, my God, I have an order for over a thousand charging stations and nowhere to make them. I can't make these. I've made a few, like, you know, in my kitchen on the table. Right? <laughs> right. I'm like, I can't make a thousand there. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's how it got going. I uh, opened a facility, a small facility here in Auburn, California, and by January of 2009, I was in full swing production and delivering truckloads of charging stations to Tesla and BMW and just kept going from there. Wow, that's great.
0: That's great. I mean, has it been difficult as far as keeping up with demand? I assume that there's been kind of, I mean, have there been lulls have there, or has it been steady? What does uh, the, you know, all these years look like?
1: Well, since 2000, I would say January of 2009 was certainly full swing production. Right. And uh, so uh, before that, it was intermittent, you know, product development, UL listing, all these kinds of activities, right. uh, samples. But uh, certainly January of 2009 is full swing production, and then generation after generation, of course, in, in into it. Now over those years, it's been a growth market for sure, especially since it started. I mean, it started from zero. Right. So, yeah. So it's been it's been really, really, really great. Now the pandemic uh, treated us well in the sense that uh, we did not backslide. Okay. And um, we are super thankful for that. We're able to retain 100% of our employees. No layoffs. Um, It was certainly not a traditional growth year, and uh, you know the world is experiencing a lot of difficulty. So, but luckily for us, we were able to sustain ourselves and all of our employees. So that was this is great for us but uh, coming out of the pandemic uh, earlier this year uh, suddenly i guess we are seeing the highest growth ever even that even through that entire period where we had you know tremendous times of growth suddenly everybody came back from the pandemic and decided they wanted uh, electric cars and charging stations yeah and uh, yeah right when the supply chain challenges started so that's that's a good time right
0: well that's what yeah, I was wondering because I mean we we uh through Evolve KY we we get a, a decent amount of chargers from you all. I mean we pretty much exclusively use Clipper Creek chargers. And we were hearing, you know, six to eight weeks, then eight to I think eight to twelve weeks. We were hearing significant wait times. And I was I was wondering if that had to do with with more people wanting chargers, if it had something to do with the the chip shortage or part shortages or what. And and then actually, I was surprised because I, I got a little worried and we ordered a number of chargers because we wanted to be prepared if we had installs coming up, even though we haven't gotten those installs yet. And you guys shipped them right out to us. So we have them on hand, which is wonderful. But uh, I was wondering about that. I was wondering, you know, is it is it the fact that there's more demand, which is a wonderful thing, or is it you know, parts, or is it kind of a combination? So
1: orders come in. We we do our absolute best to do a first come first serve basis uh, for our orders. Right. However, we began to receive orders at a rate two months ago, uh, well beyond our production capacity. Right. Uh, not not beyond this uh, hot, what production capacity we have in place, but what we have had turned on. Right, right. You know, you don't run production lines, say, capable of some very high rate, and everybody sits around because nobody's ordering the parts, right? Right. So, you know, you have the, you have everything ready, but it's just kind of dormant. Right. So we, we had several production lines, but we only had to, we didn't have to utilize them uh, simultaneously. Uh, but so uh, what has happened is, is the order rate has gotten to the point where it requires us to utilize all our production uh, lines at the same time. Okay. And that is a challenge to (laughs) get enough people in the door. So first challenge is actually people, uh, which we are just about solved, thankfully. And the next challenge, and so, you know, training, uh, getting production rates up to beyond, you know, a very substantial high, much high, much higher levels than ever. And then- uh, the next challenge, really, uh, which we anticipate is supply chain, although right now we're doing great. We have to kind of, you know, sometimes we need to adjust what we're building on a day-to-day basis based on the parts that we can get. But so far, supply chain hasn't caused us uh, any delay. Any uh, It's caused delays in particular models, but not uh, in general production. Uh, but we're anticipating that over the course of the rest of the year, there will be times when we flat out run out of parts. Okay. That's kind of the whole world supply chain is broken. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. But really it was the the demand beyond anything. You know, we were already ready for the demand, but not ready for it to happen overnight. I guess I should put it. The infrastructure, the corporations here, just not, we didn't have the staff and trained staff. So every day is, a new day, solve problems day at a time. Thank you very much for using our products, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. super appreciate that. And I, I'm glad we were able to, to deliver you units. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would say that today, certainly, uh, it was the kind of almost instantaneous overnight giant leap in demand. So
0: Right. Well, and one yeah. uh, another thing, I mean, before using Clipper Creeks, we started using the Schneider units, which we really liked. And they, uh, of course, stopped making those. You know, Clipper Creek, uh, I love the fact that right on the box, it says made in USA, which is wonderful. And that's one of our selling points. I always say it's rock solid and it's made in the USA. In fact, you all have a, uh, a YouTube video out there with, I think, a guy with a bat. Uh, hitting your charger <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and trying to break it, you know, which, which uh, says a lot. And actually, that was one of our concerns, because going from the Schneider, which was like this, you know, kind of big rectangle metal unit, very sturdy looking, to something that, you know, is made out of plastic, you know, essentially. Uh, a little concerned until we saw that video and, and we've received the units. The units, I think they look better in person than they do, uh, you know, in a picture, but can you say something perhaps about the design of the charger? Because I, I know that doesn't seem to have changed much through the years. You know, it just seems to, to work.
1: Well, yeah, a couple of topics there uh, you're asking about. One is that our products are uh, actually changing all the time. Okay. And you're right. Our mainstream, age, what we call our HDS product line, which is our highest volume, most popular product line, yes. looks like it doesn't change. Um, and that's by a design. We keep the kind of like the look and feel uh, the same, but in fact, what's inside and even the case has changed uh, a lot. Constant improvements in cost, reliability, and manufacturability are things that we are always working on. From the outside, maybe you wouldn't even recognize even a next generation one from a previous generation one, even though if you look close enough, you might see what the difference is. But the idea is, you know, uh, a recognizable brand has a lot of value in a market. Right. And uh, when you try to do, when, when we want people to be able to know it's a Clipper Creek charging station. So even though we're constantly making improvements, uh, you'd have to take it apart and analyze it to really see it. Right. But we do, we do have a new or a whole new residential charging station product line called the Amazing E-Fast. And um, it, we, that's the brand it's marketed under. We took that opportunity to make a new, a new look and feel. It's quite small. Okay. It's a small little guy that's uh, really meant to be targeted at the residential market, but it definitely looks pretty different. So, right. but uh, uh, not fancy right. as intended. It's meant to be a very a basic unit that just works day in and day out. But uh, the baseball bat story is a little okay. bit entertaining. Well, because let me let me give you some insight. Nobody knows this. Okay. except, Yep. You know, Clipper King employees, but you were not the first person to be concerned about the new plastic enclosure. My own staff members were concerned. You know, my uh, my assembly people, a few of my engineers, you know, people in the company, their opinion, you know, matters first because right. they're the ones, you know, we're the ones doing it, you know, to get it ready for the customers. Anyway, I had a lot of skepticism. People were very concerned. I, you know, I'm showing people the new enclosure, the prototypes and the you know, as it's making its way to get to production and everybody's like, Well, that's not gonna be tough enough for us. We can't something like that that you know you know right it's made out of plastic right and i'm like no no you don't understand this is this is going to be the toughest thing we've ever made you know the other stuff is tough enough and actually you know more tough than it needs to be but this thing is the best thing we've done yet trust me right and everybody's like no way (laughs) and and then and after i get like you know some looks, you know i'm like okay fine and so that's where that video came from it actually wasn't originally meant to be marketing it was just re-recorded the 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 baseball event right because for our our own amusement right because i said you know what okay here's the deal i challenge you team to break this yeah with a baseball bat or a hammer or whatever okay i mean you can't use a bazooka or a car you know you can't (laughs) run it down (laughs) with a tank but anything you can hold in your hand you know what i mean right maybe i don't know The sharp end of a crowbar, that's not fair. You know, here's a baseball bat, big old bat, right? Big slugger bat, and I'm like, here we go. I went out there and I got it all set up on the forklift and stuff so that people could come. Everybody, the whole company came around and take a swing at it, break it, try. And we, everybody, one after the other, because everybody was totally, this is hilarious, everybody, when they walked up to it, were confident they were going to be the one that broke it, <laughs> right? Right. And so, um, until somebody broke the bat, and, yeah. uh, and actually, I broke a hammer on it, and the <laughs> hammer flew across and actually hit my car. So, that actually happened. Scratch okay. my car. The one <laughs> that only scratched on my car. I'm like, that's okay. It's worth it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, that, but that, you know, everybody's mind turned around uh, right there. And then, uh, you know, a little later, my marketing department's like, you know, this would sure make a great video. It's kind of campy. Right. You know, we can't, we can't make it a serious piece of marketing, but we, but we could, we could edit this up and put it out there. And it's true. You know, we're not going to. We don't make up stuff. It really happened. People were really trying to break it. So uh, that's how that video ended up being out there uh, years and years ago. But it was because my own staff members are like, oh, I don't think so. I'm not sure this is good enough for us. And I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, and and it's important.
0: I mean, it's important for our organization, you know, with Evolve KY and you know, any organization that wants to put up a charging station. I mean, I always tell everybody that we'll put up what you want. And we've had a couple of folks, uh, site owners, that have been very insistent to the point where they were immovable. Um, so we ended up putting in the chargers they wanted. But uh, I think what a lot of people, just the general public doesn't realize is, um, it may look similar from, from the outside, that difference is in, in quality with chargers. and Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and even
1: more important than that, I mean, it's important for it to work so that you don't waste your money, of right. course. But even more important than that is safety. Right. Um, you know, uh, proper UL listing, not fake. Uh, you know, a real product that's gone through the real safety listing uh, as it should. And they're very stringent standards. They're hard to meet. But, but then again, they're providing, you know, protection against uh, electric shock and fire. And in fact, you had mentioned that one of the stations you'd installed in the past was Schneider Stations. Right. The kind of big metal box ones. Yes. Well, they're a competitor of ours, but still legitimate. Like those products that you were installing, I know what you're talking about. Those were UL listed products. They were legitimately safety certified the way they're supposed to be. And so, you know, they were safe to use, right? right? Right. And and that's even more important than than their quality. Of course, quality matters. I mean, nobody wants a bad experience. But let me tell you what's worse than it just not working. You know, when it catches on fire or it melts or does something that's scary. Right. So Oh, yeah, and you know, those products were legit there's you know, even in the early days there was uh, not too many, but uh, you know, it's important to make sure you get something that's safe to certify sort of and stuff. Well
0: and the and the other part of, of your your company that I'm really impressed with is, you know, your sales and, and service department. When I got my Nissan Leaf, I ordered a charger from you all and I got it in and it was a twenty eleven Nissan Leaf uh which I, which I still have. And they said, oh, you know, you don't need something that expensive. <laughs> so they were wonderful. They're like, it, that actually is kind of overkill, um, you know, unless you want, you know, to kind of because uh, we also had limits as far as are electrical, you know, so it wasn't like we right. could put in. I basically got the wrong charger. Uh, but they were great about you know, send it back and we'll get you the other one. And then, you know, now with ordering, you know, frequently from you all, uh, Amanda there has been absolutely wonderful. And I, I don't hesitate, you know, we get a lot of people asking, I don't hesitate, you know, to recommend you all and that phone support is great. I'm sure, you know, everything online is great. And that's super important because I think a lot of people, especially if they're first tv tons of questions they're not sure what the hell they're doing you know and they need right. they need someone that is uh going to steer them in the right th- direction you know so yeah
1: amanda is a fantastic staff member and she does a great job for the customers which i uh very much appreciate. And these days, actually, she's the uh, the manager of the wholesale team. Okay, great. Um, yeah, she's the inside sales manager is her title, and she has many people under her. So, um, uh, and the philosophy is uh, exactly what you're mentioning here, which I I appreciate your feedback. Uh, it's that's intended. We really we understand that the customers don't aren't don't know what they're buying because I mean, why would you? Right. Yeah, and this is not. It's a new thing in in our effort isn't so much sales as it's the promotion of electric vehicles the promotion of the industry and to try to get people to understand what they're buying so they buy the right thing and I mean if they really want to over buy something that's more powerful than they need for future well we'll sell it to them but you know a better that they make the right choice from having the information that they need then uh, we don't you know the hard sell is not the way to go Right. So we uh, need we we realized early on that if we expected our customers to not need help, that we were going about it all wrong. And so uh, we completely we we, our whole team is all about uh, being experts at the vehicles, being experts at electricians, you know, how to how to manage electricians, what to do or getting advice or finding electricians even, uh, we eventually built a resource right on our website where you can just type your address in and it'll give you some of the qualified electricians in your area uh, that we vet, you know, to make sure. And also, of course, charging stations and even our competitors' charging stations to some extent because uh, people will call us and ask us, well, what about this station? Why are you better than that station? And, you know, of course, the number one thing we always say is, well, you don't have to buy ours, but as long as it's safety certified, it's like, that's a good start. (laughs) Don't buy anything that isn't that. And then, uh, you know, we go, we lead them down the path, try to explain uh, generically what it is. And, you know, the world needs that right now. Uh, Maybe after we've bought our, you know, when it's 2035 and we bought our third electric car and our second charging station, you know, we all know what we're doing. But people need help right now. So we try to provide that help.
0: Actually, this leads really nicely into you know something I wanted to ask a little bit about. One of the nice things I like about Clipper Creek chargers is I, what I call plug-and-play because uh, there are kind of two different chargers out there. There's the plug-and-play ones versus the, quote-unquote, connected ones. Um, and it seems like you've made a, a conscious decision to stay with the plug-and-play ones, we hear all the time, you know, oh, I don't, you know, it's a constant education saying, well, you know, shouldn't we have something where you swipe a card? And I say, well, no, it's, it's a very, it's more complicated I've seen them. They break down all the time. I just saw on PlugShare the other day, one comment was, I can't read the screen. You know, so there's just so many elements of complexity that it seems like there's so much opportunity for things to not work. And, you know, we're a nonprofit, so we can't afford for things to not work. We want to have quality stay up. We want to have them operational for a long time um, and people happy. And the bottom line is we want people to drive electric. So can you talk a little bit about plug and play versus connected? Yeah.
1: So, well, it depends on the application uh, for for each of those approaches. And, you know, for m- much of charging, let's, you know, you just take all of charging that needs to be done or that people want to do and you put it in a big pile. A very substantial portion of that is uh, what the world needs really is just basic charging, you know, at home, at work, sometimes as an amenity, uh, you know, out in the public. Right. And the number one thing is that you, when you plug in, it turns on and charges your car um, uh, with the least amount of fuss. And of course, uh, we we focus a lot of energy on making sure we're we're really good at that. But we also do supply connected, more sophisticated uh, type charging stations, uh, especially through partnership uh, with other companies for particular applications that need you know uh, more complicated. Uh, type data gathering. Uh, you know, typically it's for green energy credits and things of this nature. Okay. And what we do is we partner with people who address specific industries. So rather than trying to make everybody fit the mold of the charging station, we make charging stations, we sell through partners, and it fits the application because they are providing the networking matches the application rather than trying to make everybody's application fit the charging station because that seems backwards to us so we actually do have a lot of those kind of products uh we sell through partnerships like i said and um uh we we think that's actually a much better uh uh, route to go but most charging is done most charging is you plug it in starts charging or you set your car up to charge at night and that's it you want it to work every time i mean you know it's like uh you walk up to your kitchen sink turn the faucet on you just want it to come on you don't want to around right what if you had to use your phone to get the sink to turn on you know it's just that's that's not what people are looking for right right oh well, the internet's down we can't charge your car well that's not going to fly right is the electricity down if the power's out that's different okay but internet goes out all the time
0: now, as far as a business is concerned, you know, it sounds very exciting when you start out and then you kind of get ramped up. Um, how do you keep that kind of spark, that kind of excitement going? Is it still going, you know, in a business that's been around for quite a while and, and really, in a lot of ways, is an industry standard?
1: Oh, well, thanks for saying that. We, how do you, um, well, I have to say... That for folks like us, like you and me, that have uh, been monitoring electric cars and been involved for a no- for a number of years, uh, you uh, you might think, well, it's more of the same. But you must realize that we're just at the very beginning right. of the true mass market adoption. I mean, we even today, even uh, even right this minute, we're still on the ground floor. Of what the ultimate market penetration is going to be so that is just beyond a whole new level of excitement it took a decade to get here uh, at this time and a tremendous amount of work but like it just started by right. the scope of the entire future and every single person who works at clipper creek is uh, so it was so excited when, and you know, innovation can never stop or your competitors will beat you. And so, you know, every day, all the time, we're looking for new ideas and ways to improve our products for the benefit of our customers. So that's very exciting. And you know, what's really fun as an entire organization, whether it's marketing or sales or manufacturing, engineering, you name it, what's really fun is when you're involved in an industry that's really, really positive. People love electric cars. And the electric market is very positive and exciting. Yep. What's really fun is when you have customers who are so positive, right? You know, and it's like new to them, and it's they're very positive. And the other thing that's really great is when you create products and sell them to customers who use them. Right. So it's kind of like we don't everything that goes out the back door here in Auburn, California. Somebody maybe within a week you know, is going to be using every day for years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. they're also very positive customers because they love their electric cars. And those two things, like, there's just never-ending joy to be a part of the market. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to put it, right? Yeah. Like, it, like it's really great.
0: Now, now, you know, we, we talked about the past. We talked about the, what's going on right now. And we are, I agree, we're at this time when things are just really set for taking off. I mean, I, I always kind of ponder, like, I don't know if this data is out there somewhere, but like for PlugShare, you know, I mean, my, my leaf is a 2011 and here we are, you know, 2021. And I I would love to see like a, you know, regional and national maps of pins where chargers are, you know, in that 10 year span. And I'm, I'm sure it would be just Remarkable, like you know, what how far we've come. And then now thinking about the future, because we're out there, education is really and I'm sure you feel it too, is, that's like job number one, I always say. And people still talk, even though we're at this kind of the second generation of vehicles, they still talk about range anxiety. You know, are are we at a point now where that's not an issue? Um, If not, when will that happen? You know, when will it be that we won't have to worry? Like, you know, gas stations are everywhere. A lot of people don't realize, oh, you charge at home. Most people are able to charge at home. But when will range anxiety be a thing of the past and and we won't even talk about it anymore? Oh, well,
1: there's a little thing I like to say is that uh, most people with charge anxiety uh, have, have charge anxiety because they don't have an electric car. Right. Because uh, the modern electric vehicles that you go out and buy today have so much range and charging is so ubiquitous. And once you learn how to drive the car, you it, it disappears in days. Okay. Right. And that, and that really, it's only vehicle, people who don't have that experience that are imagining that somehow it's it's going to be a problem. So f- for, uh, for example, one of the cars I drive is, uh, we have a bunch of electric cars here at the company, but one is a Model S from... Uh, tesla right and of course it's it has the benefit of the tesla supercharged network there's several supercharged networks but it has it i use the tesla one i think of it as an unlimited range car because pretty much i can go anywhere i want and i know right where to go if i think i need a charge between here and there it tells me Mm -hmm. gives me suggestions about where to go and um usually after driving a couple hours i could use a 10 or 15 minute break and like range anxiety is not really a big part of the future um every day i wake up my electric car whichever one i take home that night is fully charged ready to go and you know in time anybody with electricity will probably have charging i mean that's not tomorrow but in time anywhere where there's electricity there'll be charging stations and, and you won't have to go to gas stations this is pretty much the future you know the way i see it is if you once you drive and and this is this may not be a popular opinion but this is this is what i think the way it's really going to go down is that charging is not going to limit electric vehicle sales and here's why is because when you drive an electric car uh, you discover for yourself that it is just a better product it's clean you know it's it's smooth it's fast it's super convenient in almost every way it's low cost and it, you know and the, the joy the enjoyment from driving electric cars immediately obvious to you. And then after you have one for a few months, you don't even ever want to have to drive a gas car. And when you're forced to drive one, you're like, man, this thing sucks. Okay. (laughs) Like that's pretty, right. That's an old, I mean, this sucks. Right. And that's like way like that is beyond what happens 99% of the time. It's like, it is, that is, is extremely common. And so the desirability of being able to drive an electric car will outstrip electric will outstrip its competitive. Not, like, it is what's the win. Gas cars don't stand a chance at this point in time. As people gain experience with electric vehicles, they don't want a gas car. Right. And they'll figure out how to charge it. Like, I'm not trying to say that it isn't a problem to solve and that it isn't a, certainly an opportunity for a company like Clipper Creek to be providing that service. But without the desire, without it being a superior product, you don't have a win. Right. But since it is such a better product and it is, will be so popular for that reason, people will find a way to charge and everybody, figured, everybody figures it out as it matches their application. You know, a lot of my staff members, they charge at 110 at home and then they charge at 220 at work. Right. And for now, because they live in an apartment or something like this, you know, a condo or something, that works for them. Anybody with a home or a garage or a place to park that's their own place to park Well, solving the charging problem is no big deal. And, you know, that's a substantial portion of the population right there. And then 10 years from now, the country is going to be totally and completely blanketed in fast chargers. Um, and 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 even if you don't get your own personal private charger to use at home because, you know, people talk about it all the time. You're in some big high rise or something. And, right. But I mean, and we're, and I guess you have a car and you have to find someplace to park it. And if there isn't any overnight charging, you're, you'll just use the supercharge network because they're everywhere. It'll cost you a little more money. It'll be a little less convenient, but it it will still be better than a gas car because I mean, after all, that's how you have to fuel a gas car. You got to go somewhere. Like it's the same, the worst part of the most unlikely thing is actually the same as a ga- every gas car is now. And by then, you know, uh, it'll fill as fast as a gas car fills now. I mean, they're, they're making extremely rapid progress on how fast they go. Right. So it's kind of like the worst thing about electric cars, if you're the most unusual person who can't find charging for yourself, is you have to go somewhere. That's the same as a gas car. It's come on. Right. I, I'm worried about it.
0: Now, what do you think about the uh, Biden's five hundred thousand charging stations and, and all of that? What are your thoughts with that? Are, are they going to be a combination of level twos and, and D.C. fast chargers? And um, what will that look like?
1: Well, until everything is really down to the ground from what the the government wants when until it hits the ground and it's actually known exactly how the funds are going to be distributed or what's going to be promoted i think i learned a long time ago not to guess that at it too hard <laughs> okay but i can tell you this i can tell you this i mean certainly directionally extremely positive very so wonder you know what The government should promote electric cars, it should promote clean energy, and it should promote, um, you know, um, uh, fighting global warming and uh, less pollution. And even if you don't believe any of those things, let me tell you something electric cars get you that is truly economically powerful. And that is, so here in my community... Uh, uh, when I switched from driving a gas car to driving electric cars, the energy, all the money I spent on energy, instead of it leaving my community and and leaving my country and going somewhere else, maybe even undesirable places in the world, perhaps. Okay. Where did it go? Well, it went to people I know that work at PG&E, which is where I get my electricity from right here in my community, all of it. And that's It makes your community stronger, and it makes your country stronger. So it's like, what part of this is bad? Right. And so. I'm all for the government promoting things that make the country stronger and makes the world, you know, and the and the environment better. So it's like that's the best of everything. Pick pick and choose what you like. I don't know how it could be directionally negative in anybody's eyes. I guess unless you're an oil company.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: But I mean, step up to the times, man. Yes, that's right.
0: Well, it always we- seemed to be like with electric vehicles you would think, Oh, you know, can't wait for five years from now. And it seems like five years from now has happened Uh, maybe a couple two or three times over yeah and uh Yep. And, it, and it's really great to see it happening i mean there still seem to be naysayers especially in the part of the country where where we are here um obviously we don't see the kind of adoption that you all enjoy there uh, and it's it's always a constant struggle and and you know we're fighting the good fight here um but even yeah. here it's it's happening and and it's a joy to see that people are getting their first EVs you know we're seeing folks with model Ys and mach and and the latest EVs that that are out and super super excited excited to learn and excited for what's around the corner we're seeing some people that are on their second and 30 v already you know which is yeah mind-boggling to me you know uh when we first started uh evolve ky what was it maybe seven years ago there were like, you know, two or three different types of EVs that you would see around here. And if we saw something like a Ford Focus EV, it was like, ooh, everybody gather around, you know. Right, right. Um, because it was unusual. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's great. To...
1: Well, five, five years from now, it'll be like if somebody has to drive a gas car, you'll feel sorry for them. Cause you'll be like, oh, <laughs>
0: I love that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anything else you want to talk about? This has been great. Uh,
1: no, but thank you so much for utilizing our equipment uh, for your programs. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, we are, I think we're a member. You know, we've tried to support you guys as best we can. We appreciate you out there fighting the good fight. It's going to take all of us. And uh, thank you for yeah. for for working at it. And uh, and I don't mean that from a commercial standpoint. I mean it from the real mission, which is get everybody off off you know off the foreign oil
0: and right. driving around in electric cars, making the world a better place. So. That's it. Amen. <laughs> well, yeah. thank thank you again. Super appreciate it.
1: Okay. Well, have a good day, Stuart. And thanks for the chance to chat with you. It was fun.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.